From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, good morning. Very pleasant uh, good morning to you. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. It is the 7th of August, a Monday morning, and the first Monday of the month brings us to Adam Bergstrom time. You'll meet Adam in just a second. He's in, in the green room in California location, which is, you know, luckily he's even green there, you know. <laughs> Crazy mazy out there in California. Well, if you'd like to join the show, please do that. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com is the email address and the telephone number, 800, or I'm sorry, 888-663-6386. We are going to join you tomorrow one-on-one, and we're going, to, we're going to go into some spiritual things that you better bring your duct tape for your head or your heart, because they'll explode. That'll be tomorrow at 10. Um, Mike Stone is here on uh, Wednesday talking about his understanding of the energetics and the voltage and the battery is what keeps us going and not some silly germs floating around in the air, as advertised. And also, mm, mm, I believe uh, Tom Luongo is on this week, too. Uh, we haven't heard back to confirm, but he's a fun guy. So here we are, and uh, you're there. Hope you had a ni- nice weekend. It's been amazing, like 104, 105, 106. You know, after you get to 100, it doesn't even matter. You know, it just doesn't even matter. But uh, we go out in the morning, take a walk, and then wait till five or six, and, you know, it's all right. It's Texas. What are you going to do, you know? And I kind of think that the weather mavens are kind of stepping on the gas just to just to drive home the fact that it's global boiling, you know. I actually heard the, the, uh, the WHO guy said, it's no longer global warming, it's global boiling. So, so they're running with this narrative of global boiling. Out in California, it doesn't boil much. It doesn't even rain in Southern California. And Adam Bergstrom, good morning. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? How are Except you? we did the elemental song and made it rain all year. Yeah, you made and it the rain. The is over here officially in California now. Well, can you do a, a, the elemental song like long distance? Because we could use a little rain here in Texas. Never tried it, but maybe. <laughs> I think you should try. It'd be a nice thing to try. Adam Bergstrom. And, you know, it could oh. be just magical thinking or an accident. But it is weird that the, when we did it, it was totally dry and they were predicting disaster and immediately after we did it the next day we had a slight shower and then two days later it started pouring and didn't stop till what last month i guess now we're now it's over but it's weird that it ended as soon as they officially announced okay it's over there's no more drought and then immediately we get sunny weather like normal so it was pretty peculiar well i mean stranger things have happened right i mean stranger things have happened i've seen the elemental song uh, work before it's actually probably about 20 times i've i've hmm. used it in emergencies and also there's so many tales of uh, the wizard of auckland and later the wizard of new zealand uh, uh, he did a rain dance in auckland and they kind of laughed at him but it started pouring. They had floods. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you know, it's happened before. Jung talked about it. Uh, it happened. Uh, rain followed uh, Donald Lay around, Swami Nitty Gritty. Mm-hmm. He only would initiate, if you asked for initiation, it had to rain, sometimes immediately after, or he wouldn't initiate he wouldn't do it. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, 
you know, brother, it's all connected. And there are elementals, right? There are fairies. There are mermaids. I don't care what you say. There are whatever. <laughs> They're out there. They're, um, I don't know what they are exactly, but they exist. And uh, they help uh, souls. And, you know, that's what they do. And that's their job, right? And so, I mean, I, anything's possible, you know, anything. We are connected. Uh, I've told you that story several times about uh, uh, a screaming child was brought to Donald Lay at one time, and he wouldn't stop screaming. So they were going to take him to the hospital. Instead, they said, let's try his clinic first. So they went in. The kid is screaming and screaming. Adonal took, they took his shoes off, and Adonal went to work on his feet. And he started kicking Adonal, you know, that windmill type mm-hmm. kicking. Mm-hmm. And so he looked annoyed. And he asked both patients, both parents to come over. He massaged their left shoulders, and immediately the child went to sleep. Within one minute, less than one minute, he wow. was completely snoring. Adonal picked him up, adjusted his neck. A whole bunch of vertebrae went on one side. The kid is still asleep. He did it on the other side. Then the kid woke up and he kind of looked ahead with that 10,000 yard uh, look in a uh, Mm -hmm. 10 foot room, you know. And then he asked the father, what did you do to upset him this morning? And he said, well, I told him I'd take him to the store and I didn't. Next time you do that, touch him and this won't happen. Oh, touch him while you're you're saying that. Just touch him while you tell him. Mm. Because so anytime you say this is adult talk, make sure that the kid comes forward and you touch him when you tell him that and then you're not uh, going to have a shock left over uh, I was so uh, that was because that, that blew my mind when I saw that and I've seen it happen uh, at least uh, a dozen times since then oh, yeah. direct connections between particularly he, mothers and children but in that case it was the father you may have um, heard me talk about I don't know how you stay pretty busy with your work but uh, you know Doodle had this huge um kind of sore on her left paw. I mean, it was like bleeding and she would lick it and I would wrap it with gauze and put aloe on it and she'd take the gauze off and lick the aloe off and, you know, it was just one of those things for weeks and it wouldn't heal. It just wouldn't heal. And then I I, I got it one morning when I woke up was that the left side is the male side. I'm her dad. Patrick's having his challenges going forward in life right? Going forward in life with the show and the, raising the money and, you know, the whole thing. We got hacked and, you know. And so I said, well, Dr. Massey talked a lot about how the idea that children often will try to take on the parents' stuff because they're trying to heal them. And, and so I just sat doodle down and I actually touched her too. That was brought up. I put my hand on her and I said, doodle, you don't have to help me. I'm going to do fine. People are donating money. We're going to be fine. You don't have to help me move forward. You just let that go. That's my responsibility. I love you, and you don't have to do that. And Adam Bergstrom, ladies and gentlemen, the next day it started healing. Today, this moment, there's nothing there except bare skin, and it's all dried. Now, you can't make that up. You know, you just can't. You just can't. I've seen that kind of thing happen. That's an amazing story, Pat. Isn't that great? Isn't it wonderful? God is so cool. You know, when you think about it, with all the weird things going on and on this earth plane, and it's bonkers, but if we can remember that connection to spirit and God and like you guys do and we, we all do and our listeners do, we'll get through whatever bonkerness is going on, won't we? We'll get through it. 
animals particularly do that too. They take on their they they they, 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 do. they have love, you know. They, so they they, they do. do that. And there was a book in a vet uh, there was a veterinary book I checked out at one time because uh, my uh, co-author of Yes No Maybe she had dogs and things, so mm-hmm. I was interested. But there was a chapter in it where the vet said, and he was a famous vet. He had an introduction by Andrew Weil at the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're going to think this is crazy, but I'm going to tell you something about uh, about animals taking on the diseases, the exact diseases of their owners. And he had a whole chapter with list after list. Every paragraph had an example of it. Yeah. So it really does happen. Yeah, I've seen it a lot. I've never really said much to people you know, because I, I make that connection, but out of compassion, I, you know, most people will start to, you know, think that you're blaming them or that's my fault. And you know what I mean? But it, it happens because these little critters are just tied into us, aren't they? It's unconditional love. They, they feel everything and they feel everything. You know, I think it happens they in do. families too, Adam. I think it happens in families where, where the kids will take on mom's stuff and, and even with this COVID thing, people got sick and, you know, and they thought they caught stuff from anybody, but they all decided to get sick together just, you know, to, to support one another. I think that goes on. It happens both ways, and it happens in non-family situations, too. Mm. You know, I've mm. got a hernia on my left side when a very dear friend of mine went on cosmic vacation from a hernia. Mm. Really? And I got it within within one week after his death. Uh, it affected me deeply, and more deeply than I thought, because when I found out he died, I started sobbing. Oh. And I hadn't cried for a while. Yeah. And so I thought, wow, that's really affected me wow. deeper than I thought. Next thing, I wake up with a hernia on the left side of my body. Wow. Still got it. <laughs> that's interesting. So he, he left his body from a, some kind of problem with a hernia. Usually, they don't kill you, right? These hernias. And then, but you would think that the sobbing was, of course, perfect, and you kind of let it go. Why you would have to do the hernia thing? But any theories on that? I should have done some more sobbing, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it take it takes uh, also. A lot. A friend of mine puts it, drama does not cure trauma. You also have to resolve it because when you uh. do drama, it's like making something wrong. And once you make something wrong, you're stuck with it. You have to kind of let it go and say, that's what that person did. It's kind of like blaming an animal for biting you. You know, that's what an animal does. Uh, Yeah. Like a lion, if a lion attacks you, it's just hungry. It's not, doesn't have any personal vendetta. We don't treat people that way. So you're saying that, I, I, I think I hear you, we always need to bring it up and recognize it but we don't need to get um, trauma, traumatized again about it, right? Hmm. Yeah. One of the things on Mind Hacking for the Millions is that people tend to keep memories of people. Like, you don't find many traumas about my, my dad got eaten by a lion, and so I hate lions. It does happen, but not as much as uh, a person will hate their ex-wife. For 50 years, yeah. I've seen cases of 50, 60 years of hating their ex-wife Not good. for just dumping them, you know, and, and it's something some people do. People get dumped, and yet people get traumatized for 
for years and years. And then there's death imprints and uh, bosses that people hate, and this goes on. Yet, if you fall down a uh, like a step, you don't go through life hating that step. I'm going to get even with all steps <laughs> in the world. I'm raising a campaign. I mean, there is there are weird rare cases that it happens but it's extremely rare yeah it's always about a who oh a man or a woman and that's the left or the right side yeah and it's so funny because adam Bergstrom, ladies and gentlemen of the jury is one of the few people that knows that the left is the male and the right is the female unlike most cultures not cultures but i think in this country i don't know how it is around the world you may know adam but they think the right is the male. And I think that's a religious thing. I think it came from like Christ and sitting at the right hand of God and that. I think it's a male fantasy thing or something. It is patriarchal. The left is basically sinister. If you're a left-handed, you're sinistro manual. That's a word based on sinister. Sinister handed, oh. well, right handed, dexter handed, you're right, meaning right like righteous. Righteous. Oh. So it does come from there. Oh. And the truth is that actually it is that way in the back of the body for the motor movements, mm-hmm. but in the front it reverses because we have polarity front, back, and up and down. And so you do get reversed. If you have an injury in the back on the left side, it is a female trauma. Okay. But in the front, it's a male. And with mind hacking, it's a motor movement you're reading, so you're reading the back of the body to get the correct answer. And it's the only way I've found 100% accuracy. Any other kind of way, you don't know if it's really switched, if two people are involved. And, uh, hmm. and if you go to an ankle or wrist, try to figure out, is this male or I have an injury right here. Is that male or is that female, you know, on the corner of the wrist? And you don't know. Before I before I learned mind hacking or invented it actually I guess or discovered <laughs> I meant it like, yeah. or like, downloaded uh, it or Newton whatever getting hit with the yeah. apple on the head right. uh, I had to guess at wrists and at uh, ankles because you never knew for sure if it was the front or the back of the body. <laughs> Adam is speaking uh, uh, of of a work that he has on SolarTiming.com. It's called Mind Hacking for the Millions. He was kind enough to send me a PDF, which I haven't read yet. It's a long one. It's pretty, pretty big, right? I got carried away because I realized <laughs> it's hard to explain this, uh, and so I wanted to make it as simply as possible. And over time, I added, I believe, 51 appendixes of examples and ways of uh, dealing with it. So this, the basic movement, the cornerstone technique, I call it, is simple. You just move the ankles and you feel gross motor movements that anybody can feel. It's not dowsing or anything like that. It's like if I, uh, if I shake my hand here, you're going to feel it in the foot. Mm-hmm. Same type of movement, but only the mind does it. The mind will move the fat, it's a feet. You're not shaking your hand to move it. And uh, so it's really easy to do. And uh, I... I discovered it accidentally myself. No one showed it to me. I had a tennis player buddy, and he mentioned a woman's name that he was traumatized over, I, and his right foot jumped. And so I asked him to repeat what he told me, uh, what happened, and his right foot jumped again. And I remember thinking, could it be this easy? Could it be this easy? <laughs> and after easy? that, my whole sessions changed totally. I huh. just kept turning people's feet and asking them questions and and finding out who was the matter with them. And that was the genesis for the book. 
Folks, you can go to solartiming.com and you can uh, find Mind Hacking for the Millions. It's an ebook. What is it? Couple twenty bucks or something? What? Are, what is? Uh, I think it's either is it nineteen ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine? Mind Hacking for the Millions. I think it's twenty nine. Oh, well. Nineteen? No, nineteen ninety nine. Still, yeah. Cheaper, twice the price. Come on, baby. Good value. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, very large, and it takes two to do because you need someone else. Mm-hmm. Now you can analyze uh, by looking at people's injuries. Still, that still works. But to get really into the details and find out what's about to happen, because if you have a trauma, then your proprioception goes off, meaning you bump into walls, you fall downstairs, you do things of that nature where the left or the right side of your body is vulnerable. So with mind hacking for the millions, you can catch it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say, oh, he broke his, like, okay, a, a friend of mine, she broke her left leg. And she was a uh, follower of Swami Satchidananda. And Swami Satchidananda obviously knows body language because he looked at me and said, ah, a break in the marriage. And my friend doesn't remember him saying that. (laughs) And he was sitting beside her. I was taking a photograph of uh, her husband and her, who later was not her husband. (laughs) And uh, he said, a break in the marriage. And that's the kind of body language you get. We use uh, synonyms and metaphors, like a break in the marriage. So what do you do? You break your left uh, leg. Yeah. Yeah. So if you you had something out of balance in the right kidney, since that was being the back, that would be a male thing? It, it could be, but the, it has, the kidney has a back and a front. So the only way you tell for sure mm. is with the mind hacking, where you see what's going on, what part of the kidney it is. It's the only way I've found that. Is a, it's 100%. I've never found an example, and I don't even believe in 100%. I was taught by my mentor, 99%. It's a 99% world. There is no such thing as 100%. But so far, I haven't found an exception to the rule, and I've been doing this since uh, the 70s, you know, a long time. So by now, you'd think I would have gotten an exception to the rule. Well, the main title of your, your, your hardcover book, Yes, No, Maybe, is such a brilliant saying. Where did that come from? Because that's kind of like positive, negative, and neutral, or God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, or whatever, which ones you want to use. The Buddhists, they have their own names, but it's all the same, right? Boom, boom, boom. Uh, a creation, what is it, creation and... Um, dissolution or whatever the word would be, and then also to keep it steady, right? Th- those are three. What, what are the proper words for those, Adam? Creation? Y- yin and yang yin and is yang. one. Yeah, that's and, one. Uh, and positive and negative. Neutral. Uh, they have all kinds of ways. Bravisi calls it quantum and electrophilic, uh, so mm, yeah. <laughs> electrostatic. So we have, uh, we have order and disorder, basically, is what it is. And we have the, the yin and yang comes from the light side of the mountain and the dark side of the mountain. So there's always light and dark, black and white, uh, red and green. Everything has a polarity. And then the flow between them, that's the neutral. The neutral. And then you have a ground to complete yeah. things. And the ground is often called cosmic consciousness. It's the field that all of this works in, a pressurization field to make electricity work. Yeah. Do you hear our show with uh, Dave Stetzer about the neutral? Fascinating, isn't it? 
Whoa. He, he's a fascinating guy. He's yeah, a smart guy. another guest that I really like, too, and his, I have been attempting to think of his name. But uh, they were both really good about guests, what? and electricity makes a difference. Boy. And, and all these people that have gone into the grounding technology, they can prove that that's not a good idea in the United States because they 80% of the, the electric companies run their 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 they're neutral back under the ground because they don't want to build up a big enough neutral wire. Wow. You know, I I can guarantee <laughs> that because I was a phone man back in the day. Uh-huh. And when I moved to Redding, California, we moved in a place and didn't have cable. Well, I knew how to hook to ground. They had ground there to a live wire. And we had jazz uh, radio from, uh, from San going, Francisco. Going, going through the ground. Redding. Going through the ground. For free, yeah. I just said because I knew how to hook it up, and it was easy because of ground. If it wasn't for the ground being, uh, t- t- going down to ground, I couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. He said uh, uh, Stetzer also did a whole lot of conversation about uh, these LED bulbs, which you have talked about for years. Uh, not good as far as the what the blue melatonin knocker out or at night, correct? Well, the, uh, the the blue light, it's not as serious a problem as they make it out to be, but it is a problem because some people are uh, affected by red light. One out of ten people will have their uh, their circadian rhythm interrupted by red light. So we are basically changing in evolution where before we didn't stay awake at night and be on a computer all night we had a campfire with yellow light there's no blue light in the campfire so we had lots of campfire and general electric actually invented the uh the incandescent bulb to match the frequencies with as little blue as possible in a white light to match firelight because they knew that back then now people have no common sense they've made they're making the incandescent bulb completely illegal completely countrywide it's it's nuts and uh, he talked very eloquently about these these led bulbs it's more than just the light that they put on an energy onto the the wires in the home and you can prove it when we have the meters that when you put these led bulbs in the energy goes up and Magda Havis in Canada has proved that it affects blood sugar, affects insomnia, it affects a lot of stuff from just a, these bulbs. And the incandescent bulbs, Adam, as you know, and as GE knew, were the most quiet, peaceful, best lights you can even come up with. Yeah. And they just banned them. General Electric <laughs> just, put a lot of technology. They also knew there was a paraadrenal autonomic nervous system. Hmm. Nobody seems to know about that today. You cannot find any references on the internet except for me. <laughs> I I read the books and got a hold of the original General Electric research where they found out definitely that our skin is the adrenal medulla. It's not just a li- on those little pyramids above the kidneys and a little center of it. It's actually in the heart and all throughout the skin. Every cell that has tyrosine or phenylalanine has, uh, hmm. ha- is, it, it makes adre- adrenaline, makes cholesterol, makes vitamin D. In our skin. It makes a lot of chemicals we don't even know about. All in our skin? In our skin? On our skin, any place. Wow. And why was GE, General Electric, uh, interested in that? 
because they were interested in light. Uh-huh. And they were also interested in its health benefit. The scientists had so much hubris, they said, we're going to make light that outdoes the sun, that is healthier than the sun. But to their credit, after all was said and done, they said, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. We can't outdo the sun, but we can, do, we can get close, but we can't outdo it. So you're saying at the beginning, uh, early 1900, I guess, or whenever this was, that GE actually had a good intention of trying to make the best light bulb they could. They had good intentions back then. The Schenectady Station. Actually, Hmm. uh, my mentor, uh, Donald Lay, worked at Schenectady Station for RCA when RCA at one time has been on and off connected with GE. Uh, Swami Nitty Gritty put in the first microwave tower in Canada for RCA. Really? So I know a lot about it uh, personally, about how this worked. But it was my fate to find this documentation in a library, in an osteopathic library in Fort Worth, Texas. And I haven't found it any place else. So uh, fortunately, (laughs) I made a copy. (laughs) I Xerox it, which is now misplaced someplace since the evacuation. We still haven't got all our stuff together. But uh, (laughs) I remember most of it. And weirdly, think of the fate of this. I was asked to do a workshop in Houston, Texas, when I di- right after I discovered this book on the parasympathetic nervous system. I mean about the paraadrenal nervous system. And of all places I was going to do the lecture was at a dermatology clinic. Bone <laughs> skin, yeah. Cool. A well-known one in, in Katy, Texas. Hmm. And so I'm able to tell them things like uh, – if you take a transplant of a black man and put it on a white man's skin, what color does it? Does it stay black or does it turn white? And they didn't know the answers to this, but I did because I'd read the General Electric literature and I could tell them why. So it's unknown. It was almost rediscovered in 1951. Someone started to find it, but because there was nothing to anchor it on, people didn't know anything about it they ignored these researchers i also found that in the osteopathic library which was a great resource for me so what what can uh, we we um, mere mortals take from this research this paraadrenal uh system and use for our benefit in 2023 what what, what do we learn from that what, what can we do to utilize yeah. this this technology? Get more sun. Get more sun, okay. <laughs> and right. it's really important. It, it helps a person's health to see the sun come up, see the sun go down in yeah. a particular area. It, it helps your circadian rhythm. And also, be out briefly between 1130 and 12 o'clock in the, uh, in the midday. Because the blue light is important for setting your rhythm. But you don't set your rhythm at night. You set it incorrectly. And that's the problem with all the blue light at night. Uh, you're going to get, we are going to have our rhythms disturbed. Yeah. One of the reasons solar nutrition is available is because you can set your rhythms from other ways besides light. Even heat can set it. Food can set it. Exercise can set it. Sex can set it. Yeah, baby. The social week can set it. <laughs> so there's other ways to do it. And the more of these ways that are in coordination, the better you have it. There's a part of the brain called the suprachiasmatic nuclei, big name, but that's what connects you with light. There's a part called the ventromedial uh, nuclei, and that's the part that connects food with the biological clock. And then there's ge- the ge- geneticulate nuclei, which is the one that darkness and meditation actually 
the uh, uh, clears you with it, that uh, connects you with the circadian rhythms. We are we are processes of time to find timelessness because the timing gets rid of the illusion of time. Yeah. or cow. I see. It's almost. Yeah, it's interesting. The healthier you get, the clearer you get, the more imbalance you get with foods at certain times and the sun the more you realize there is no time. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Then you get into the momentous moment. It's yeah. a moment. It, the moment. It's the part where you, we're here now because everything that passed and it present is here with us now. But we forget that because we believe in time as a, an arrow. You know, it's going one way and that's it. But there is time travel because there is no time. There is no time. So we so, know this yeah. in Star Trek and yeah. the whole deck and all that. But then we think, oh, that's all fiction. But actually, it's really true. Once you get into that, the moment, then you see everything. This is all a game. There isn't. There, it's nowhere. Now here. Now here. If nowhere. you hyphenate it in the middle, now nowhere is now here. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. In in Ekankar, we uh, it's termed soul travel, but there's also the addendum to that that people that understand it say, well, we don't really travel because we're already there, and all we are is changing our our viewpoint. Right. We don't travel to the uh, etheric plane. We already are on the etheric plane, and we just change our viewpoint and say, oh, here's my etheric body. I forgot I had that. Yeah. If all is one, we have to be everywhere. we got to be so everywhere. Right? All we have to do is travel there by mind, and so we have a mind-body that goes there, but really, it's, it's true. We don't go anywhere. We don't go anywhere. We're here. There's no place to go. <laughs> I think Ram Dass said it best, be here now. Remember that book? Oh, God. But try to tell it to a mainstream scientist. Oh, yeah. They just scratch their head, and they, they want to make up, oh, quantum dimensions. There's 17 dimensions, and they're cubic, and they're, some are rhombic, and blah, 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 and on, on, and all this nonsense. I saw I this headline. I that joke. Adam, I saw this headline last week that this Voyager, right, I don't even think, think it exists, but they lost communication with it because it's 12 billion light years away. And, well, come on. Really? Okay. That, yeah, who, who, where is that? I, I don't believe any of it. I think it's all phew, 12 billion light years. Give me a break. A person who knew a lot about uh, that type of thing was Arthur Young. Uh-huh. He invented the Bell helicopter. Yeah. And uh, I, I got to meet him just before he went on his cosmic vacation, took a workshop uh, at his house in Berkeley. Actually, I think it was Oakland. What right was his thing? Border what, of Berkeley. What was he into? He opened his house every weekend for uh, all kinds of uh, scientists who talked about the universe as a Torah, a donut, basically, and this and that. Fascinating guy. Yeah, Arthur Arthur Young, very fascinating. I have three of his books. <laughs> yeah, when these people come up with all this stuff about the universe, and I'm not buying any of it because they have no idea. They're just making it up, really. I mean, I don't know what's true for sure, but I know it's not what, what NASA tells me. You know, I don't know, you know what the real truth is and what it is, but I don't believe anybody that works for the government. <laughs> Come to think of it, the power of the mind, it reminds me. When I went to get uh, Arthur Young's two major books, uh, I went to a bookstore and I asked for them. And they said, we have one copy of one, and the other one is definitely out of stock. So I was going to leave, and I thought, no, I'm destined to have those books, and I'm going to have them. Give me those books. So I looked, 
And the one that I couldn't find previously was way out of place, and I just happened to stumble on it. And then when I was going down the aisles, I found the other one. So the guy said, I don't understand. We've got this marked out of stock. Well, I had both my books, and I left the store with them. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that great how that works? It just, I remember it was uh, 1985. I was driving down the street. There was a great bookstore called Book People. It was very famous, book people in Austin. And there was like a real trippy, hippy-dippy bookstore that you would have loved. And I just knew I had to go in there. I made a right. I didn't even think about it. I walked in the store. I walked around. I knew exactly where I was going. And I found a book called um, The Internal Exercises by Dr. Stephen Chang. And I have that book today. And I use 30 years, 40 years later. Now, how does that happen? I had no idea where I was going you you, you 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 resonate with this because it's not wee-woo to you because you're wee-woo. You're as wee-woo as they get. I like it. Definitely. I, I have a friend that can validate. When I when he was commenting about my synchronicity with things, mm -hmm. I said, I, I found a huge dictionary in this library. It's about a foot thick. And I said, let's experiment. So he was an initiate of a group called Radhaswami, one of the Radhaswami uh, spinoffs. And their mantra, one of their mantras is Radhaswami. So I opened up this huge dictionary and pointed, and I hit the word Radhaswami. And did you really? I mean, come on. <laughs> and he just shook his head. He's like, yeah. sure, whatever. <laughs> Adam Bergstrom is here. We have four or five uh, emails already. We'll get to all your emails. If you, you care to join us, you can just email in patrick at oneradionetwork.com, or you can call if you're brave. Nobody calls these days because everybody's too busy texting. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. This from Josephine. Um, oh, elemental song in the subject line. Then she says, "It worked for me in emergency." Thanks, Adam. See, there you go. <laughs> she didn't tell about the emergency. What did you need? Some rain or something like that? Great. Yeah, it's, it, I, I've used it uh, for non-emergencies and was told by Swami Nittigritti, uh, don't do that. Don't do it's that. not a good idea. And it did backfire. It hmm. did backfire the one time I did. <laughs> I've been really careful about it lately. It's tempting, though. It's always tempting to use. <laughs> Someone told me that Michael Jackson could not sleep due to all the LED lights on his property. You think that's true? I wonder where that came from. You know, it's possible because hmm. Michael Jackson was a very sensitive guy. There's oh, yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was involved in a bit of way. He may have been involved with children, but a lot of people have who who uh, are, are a lot worse now. Now he would be considered an arch conservative, for God's sake, what they're doing yeah. to kids now. I, you know, just my gut, and I don't know what I'm talking about, so who knows. But I never got the juice that he was doing something with kids that I just never got that. You know what I mean? Spiritually bad. He loved kids and he built playgrounds. But I don't think I, for me, I just can't stretch to, to someplace nefarious. You know, I don't know. This is my own. What's interesting is Donald Trump actually uh, was a friend of Michael Jackson uh, really? and trusted his kids with Michael Jackson. So really? That's, a, that's I, some validation right there. I had no but idea. But as George Carlin put it, Michael Jackson was such a good musician, by God, he deserves a few kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard him on a few interviews. He didn't do many, but 
he was really a genuinely sweet guy, you know, really, really was. We've watched, uh, he was one of the greatest musicians. The first, I saw him do the moonwalk for the first time Did on you? TV. It just blew my mind. I also saw Elvis. Those are the two entertainers uh-huh. in my life who I saw their first, the Ed Sullivan show, and then I saw Michael Jackson do the moonwalk. Just blew my mind. I mean, I, I became an instant fan of both of those guys. And I think Michael Jackson actually was the greater entertainer if you really put all of his songwriting and his abilities and his dance moves into into proportion. I've watched, we've watched thousands of hours of Michael Jackson documentaries, concerts, all of that, everything. Vibrant Gal was a fan too. Big fans. I have fond memories. I worked for a station in Poplar Bluff, Missouri in 1969 when I got out of the Navy. Rock and Roll Station, Poplar Bluff. And we used to play I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. It was Michael Jackson. I'm getting goosebumps from the time. Michael Jackson up front. It was a great song. And that was his first breakout thing. And he was the, the lead on that song, I Want You Back. And I think he was probably like eight years old or something, like crazy, you know. And that was in 69, 1969. I want you. Yeah, back when I worked in a psychedelic nightclub in 1970, 71, mm-hmm. that, my girlfriend was really hung up on uh, Little Michael. He's the greatest musician, you know. We were listening to all the other things, the Rolling Stones and everything yeah. else. And, but, uh, yeah, he uh, right from the beginning with the group, he stood out. Oh, he was right there. Master musician. You remember watching uh, Elvis? I remember I was at my grandma's house and all the kids, we were lying on, I'll always remember it. We were lying on the floor watching TV and the adults were behind us. And I don't know, what, what year was that when he did that? Do you know? What is, uh, it had to be like 59? 55, I 55? believe it was, when wow. he was on the first show. Because when I saw it, uh, my half-brother was still alive then. And he jumped up after the show and was going crazy. This guy's going to be huge. He's going to be the <laughs> hugest star ever. He, he he was jumping up and down, just wild, almost frothing at the mouth. And I agreed. You know, I was a, a, a junior high school kid. And right away, I was taken by him, too. And, and Couldn't wait to see his first movie. Uh, what was the name of that, Black and White? That was his best movie. Oh, I uh, Love Me Tender. No, no, his first movie was, that was his third, I think. The first one was about New Orleans, where he did Crawfish. One of my favorite oh. Elvis songs, Crawfish. No, I don't, I don't uh, know that one. I don't know that one. I, for some reason, that, the title, yeah. one of my favorite movies, and it's gone today. <laughs> I, liked, uh, I liked Viva Las Vegas because I was in love with Anne Margaret. <laughs> One of one of the people I know was his star, Marsha Mason, in one of the movies. Uh, I was uh, in senior uh, in the senior play with Marsha Mason, and I missed. I was talking to another girl who was an Elvis fan, by the way, and she she liked me because I was exactly his height, six feet one and three quarter inches. So I missed my cue. And so Marsha Mason, to this day, she's still an actress. She probably remembers the guy who missed his cue, and she had to make up uh, lines to do that. She later became went to Overstreet. It was a TV series about a blind. Uh, mm-hmm. She was his secretary, a blind uh, investigator. Mm-hmm. And then she was in one of his uh, best uh, movies, maybe the, maybe the Las Vegas one or the Hawaii one. You know, there's so many of them. <laughs> That's amazing. That's great stuff. 
you know, I think we're going to be able to, um, I think we're going to be able to play, give you a tape of Elvis Presley's first appearance on Ed Sullivan, and we're going to do that right after um, this commercial. Say, well, well, so stay right there. Commercials is what we do to talk about different products that we sell, and that's how we support ourselves along with your donations. By the way, they have picked up, and I really appreciate it. Uh, if you got 20 bucks or 10 bucks a month, five, I don't whatever, just um, you go on a website, click the donation button with a little dog, and, and you can donate uh, 10 bucks a month to us. That's a nice number, right? We have a lot of stuff for 10 bucks. I mean, that's, that's like one, one stop to, uh, to, uh, to Starbucks or half a stop to Starbucks these days. So you can do that. And we're trying to do that more and more so we don't have to depend on product sales, which over the last year have really decreased because who knows why. Don't get me started. But thank you for your support and thank you so much for participating in our uh, little fun drive. And we got some bucks in the bank so we can have some space to breathe and say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do here? If you know how wonky the banking system is and you've ever listened to G. Edgar Griffin and the Jekyll Island book that he got from Hustis Mullins. You can still find a show that we did with Hustis Mullins many years ago. He was the guy, he's got the books, the Federal Reserve, the New World Order. He was into this stuff 60, 70 years ago before it was cool. Before people thought he was a conspiracy theorist. If you'd like to buy some gold and silver coins, you can do it. Go to U.S. Coin Capital, 800-878-2646. Talk to Fred, and he'll get you going, baby. Yeah, and he's not going to try to sell you a bunch of... No, he's just not going to do it. He'll, he'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. And uh, make sure that you get just what you want. 800-878-2646. He only does real American money. He doesn't do um, bricks and bars and stuff like that. Real American money. Give him a call. We talked about the kidneys. One of my favorite kidney things is is a, is a herbal concoction from Chinese medicine called Ho Shu Wu. Sometimes it's called He Shu Wu. And you can go on Shen Blossom. And if you go on from our website, I appreciate it, and click on the shop and look at all the products he has. He has ginseng uh, going towards 50 years. Hello. Upwards of 50 years. He doesn't say the exact age, but it's old stuff. You could probably take a little few drops of ginseng, this ginseng, every day, forever, and leave your body with style, baby. <laughs> Shen Blossom, OneRadioNetwork.com. It is a great company. Good stuff. If you want to brush your teeth with something other than toothpaste that has fluoride and glycerin, did you know that glycerin, glycerin, which is every toothpaste this side of the Mahangahela River, seriously, seriously, glycerin inhibits the teeth from remineralizing. We interviewed a fellow who taught at a dental school. 
His name was Dr. Gerald Judd, J-U-D-D. I think it was in 1997. And uh, he talked about glycerin. I'll always remember that show. Glycerin, you don't want it. So it's hard to find a toothpaste without it because you think dentists really want to keep your teeth healthy? <laughs> Come on. How are they going to make a living? I don't think it's that spooky, but somehow they got talked into using glycerin. But it definitely inhibits remineralization of your teeth. That'll do it. What we use is Pearl Sim. It's from Real Pearl. Real Pearl. That's right. It has lots and lots of magnesium, but it's from a living source, so it's not like taking a magnesium capsule, which we don't recommend. That stuff will end up in your arteries. God knows where it'll end up. But this is from a pearl. A real deal. From oysters. Brush your teeth with it. You can take it internally if you want. It's a great product. Pearl Sim, OneRadioNetwork.com. And then we're going to go back and hear Elvis and Adam Bergstrom. Uh, Air Doctor. Wonderful, wonderful product. Air Doctor. This is a, a little air filter baby that's very intuitive. It's all computerized. It will speed up when it smells stuff that it doesn't like. You can actually hear it. If you cook bacon, it'll speed up and get rid of the, the bacon whatever and uh, go back down. It's very quiet. Um, it has different lights that'll flash when the filters need to be changed. They have two filters, very easy to change. They got a HEPA filter and an outward filter. Man, this baby cleans it up really well. Yeah, no matter where you live, you want to clean up everything out of the air. You got, we don't know what's in there. Get this air doctor. Go to oneradionetwork.com, oneradionetwork.com. I think it's also in our store, but it's also on the front page. And click on it, and then buy yourself and one of these guys. And it'll, it'll guide you through to know which one to buy, depending on how many square feet you want to you wanna do. Air Doctor, click on it from oneradionetwork.com. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is oneradionetwork.com. And there's Adam Bergstrom, Chronobotic Nutrition. I love Sharon's little slide there. Another fun and funky bits of wisdom. You got a lot of funky bits. Uh, Adam, uh, tell folks about your blog on One Radio Network, and where do they find that? Adam's blog, and I, uh, <clears throat> I've been putting about uh, five or six or seven, but I'm increasing because we had some major crises going on here. Oh. So I, I missed a whole month of blogs at one time. I noticed Whoa. from June 6th to July 7th through the worst. Just got through another crisis here, but uh, so I probably put up about somewhere about 10 a month, uh, I'd say. Uh, and uh, they're about various subjects, solar nutrition, mind hacking, and uh, various things, even political, because uh, we live in a very uh, dangerous age. And I'm one of the few people who know that Michael Milken is behind a lot of this. He's a buddy of Larry Fink, and uh, all of these people are coming together. And you'll notice that the Milken Institute is where Fauci and everybody planned this whole thing under Michael Milken's direction, who came up with the mRNA vaccines. And for some reason, he gets totally ignored. He was the guy, the, the Milken. Yeah, I know you've done a lot of research on him. 
that's why he got uh, pardoned by Trump because he, he pardoned had to uh, Trump had to pardon him. He was leading the whole thing. Trump never let Fauci go, and Fauci was not the main guy. The main guy was Milken, and he's the one who put who started Operation. Uh, what was it called? Operation Warp Speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was warped. That's for sure. It was warped. That's for sure. Total wanna, fake. Total wanna, fake. The whole thing was made up, and the deaths occurred, but they occurred in the hospital. By, with ventilators and with uh, Tylenol and with all kinds of drugs, whatever hospitals give, it's it's uh, you never hear how many deaths occur from Tylenol. And I've been experienced that myself. I've had clients that have been damaged for life with Tylenol. Oh, it's hardcore stuff. Okay, I'm going to see there. Too. I wanted to play this little short clip of, of Elvis Presley, Adam. I don't think you're going to be able to hear it. Unfortunately, there's some reason. The video when we play it to a guest, we haven't figured it out. But uh, you, you, you'll get it. Um, you could probably even listen on the front page of One Radio Network if you want to hear it. But now I got to figure out how to play this thing. But I don't want to. I don't want to play the uh, computers. That first show, he did the hip movement, yeah. and he got banned. The next time he was on Sullivan, they said. Nothing below the waist. They had the camera people keep above the waist. And they had to keep isn't it that above. fascinating, <laughs> the hip movement? Oh, my God. They thought that was really obscene back Could then. Could you imagine if they, they, whoever they were, if they were looking at what's going on today? Oh, my God. <laughs> I went to school in the era of the gray flannel suit. I even had a movie with Gregory Peck called The Man in the Gray, gray. Flannel Suit. I read the book. I saw the movie. And uh, I was already a beatnik, only I couldn't meet any beatniks. So I was a beatnik by myself just reading about the beatniks. <laughs> I remember that movie. That was, uh, that was really something, wasn't it? <laughs> the man in the gray flannel suit yeah uh, uh, Gregory Peck was in some revolutionary type of movies because he criticized that he was in uh, the Mockingbird movie uh, uh-huh. that was written by Mockingbird? Harper Lee the, yeah. the novel and uh, several other really really good uh, movies he was in good actor now I just watch Russian movies <laughs> Do you know, I think that, uh, interesting, do you, do you know that, that, oh no, she's here, I wanted to show, I wanted to put this up so we could talk about it, copy, save image, okay, going to do desktop, hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've probably seen this, folks. Let's see if we can show it and talk about it. So, I can do it here. This one, RadioNetwork.com. If you like, to, if you have a question for Adam, while I'm trying to get my life together here, uh, we got some good emails. Let me bring this in. Where is he? Hmm. <laughs> How's life in California while I'm doing this, Adam? Tell folks what you've been up to. Let's see what I've been up to. Uh, I started writing uh, 
the uh, or I finished the ninth issue of Mind Over Matter, which is a theme in my writings. It's in Mesmerism and Miracles, which basically I don't recommend mesmerism. I recommend you do it yourself. If people could be healed of extreme cataracts and all kinds of diseases with just the mind only, why not do it yourself instead of go to a middleman, is my thesis, and then find out what the problems are by mind hacking for the millions. Also, I've written a book called language compendium which goes into uh, like kidney what can kidney be it can be decision problems it can be there's an expression called man of my kidney meaning uh, you don't keep your word and that can cause kidney problems uh, heart can be heartbreak heartache all of those things we hear in those songs uh, spleen can be not keeping up with the Joneses or soured off in life mm. uh, lungs can be grief like uh, one of a dear friends of mine a married couple one died they had a a, a a divorce that was bitter a bitter divorce one died of lung can the 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 female died of lung cancer on the left side and the male of lung cancer on the right side wow. you can't make this stuff you up you can't make that up man yeah this is what i want to show you i'm sure you folk maybe some of you have seen this this has gone super viral. Have you seen this, Adam? So On Facebook, I saw you post it. <laughs> you can't believe all the different people that have seen this thing around the world. Now, here is a, a girl. I mean, does this look like a girl or what? And it's a computer. It's a, it's a um, what do they call it? Hey, hey, artificial intelligence. It's just a, I don't know. It's a CGI, right? Computer-generated image is what it is. Amazing. And this gal is making hundreds of thousand dollars a month around the world, and she doesn't even exist because all these guys think that um, she's real, and she keeps saying she's going to take her clothes off, so they keep sending money. <laughs> oh, my God. So they're probably going to show her pictures with her clothes off. I guess that's coming, right? it's coming isn't that amazing I mean you can't tell this this gal is not real huh amazing I think this I think uh, Adam that this is at the heart of the whole um, writer strike going on right now in California you know is this whole computer generated thing and artificial intelligence and they're wanting to use AGI to write screenplays. Oh, that'll work well. And then, <laughs> all right, good. And then, um, I mean, but if they can get these actresses to look exactly like they want, to not pay them any money, right? Not have to pay Julia Roberts or, you know, or Margot Robbie or whoever money, why, why would they do it? I mean, these people are, you know, they're business guys. So what do you think this, what do you think about this stuff? What's your take on it? Big picture. Yeah, I think it. I think it's obscene, actually. Yeah, at, me too. At first, when I first heard about this about twenty years ago, it was kind of really interesting. But Tom Cruise was one of the first people who realized yeah. this was going to cut into his business because they could make images of him younger and things like that. So he was one of the first people to protest about it. And now, basically, uh, when an actor makes what are they making now? Twenty million, thirty 20, million a yeah. flick. 
this is going to cut into them severely because they won't have to pay anything. They can just yeah. pay the AI company uh, up in Silicon Valley to make up. Uh, look, she's got Silicon breasts yeah. too, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you. Just stay right there. I want to finish this line of conversation. It's interesting that we interviewed a fellow, uh, Robert Ritzman, and you can actually um, copyright your image. You can copyright your fingerprints. You can copyright your voice. Le legally, copyright your footprint. Copyright your DNA. Copyright whatever you want. And if anybody uses it, you, you own it, baby. And you can take them to court. <laughs> so Tom Cruise ought to listen to the show. But you know what I mean? You can do it. So there's ways to protect you. But I, I know it's just... So that's why Adam Berkson, what I want to do, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I, don't, I don't even want to use tape. When I produce movies and make movies, I'm going to go back to film so people will know that it's real. Well, real as you get, you know, with film hmm. and not do CGI stuff. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I think, it'll, I think it'll be popular. I love watching film, film. Don't you tell the difference? Can you tell the difference? Oh, yeah. I, I like the old classic films yep. during the golden age, you know, Dustin Hoffman, all those movies, The yeah. Graduate, uh, Easy Rider. That was my favorite phase of movies. And I just like the texture of film. It's got a depth of field. It's got a texture that looks so, to me, it looks more real than tape. You know, tape is like analog, uh, digital, right? And film is analog. It's just uh, the difference like between analog music and digital music Real musicians will say there's no comparison. And now there, a lot of musicians are going back to recording on vinyl again, analog. It's interesting. Sometimes I would dedicate a Friday to seeing six movies. Would Go you? to the yeah. uh, movie theater and watch six movies That's... in three different theaters. Yeah. What's this gal's name? Her name is Myla Sophia. Myla, Myla. Soul. Yeah. So I'm just going to write her a love, love letter and tell her I love her. Just kidding. Okay, let's go to the phones. <laughs> uh, who's who's this? Good morning. Good morning. This is Joe Martin. Hello, Joe Martin. Hi, uh, Joe. Hi, hi. Yes. How are you guys today? You're looking great. Well, we're just having fun, being silly. Okay, good. I yeah, love both it. Both of us. Good. Good. Well, I figured since no one was calling, I could give a, a question here for Adam. Yes, you can. Thank you. I see on, on Facebook you said that thyroid medicine is a cure for high blood pressure. Can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Well, a, a correct thyroid uh, causes, or an incorrect thyroid causes more most heart attacks high blood pressure right. and psoriasis. There's all kinds of things uh, caused by it. And the funny thing is, Ray Pete actually believes that the thyroid is the master gland, not the glands upstream from that. You know, mm -hmm. we usually talk about the pituitary, either the anterior pituitary or the pineal or whatever. He calls it the master gland, and it's so important. I have two of the medicines, the Silanel and the Cytoplus, that uh, we use on a fairly regular basis. And as people know, I'm not really a supplement guy that much, except as a medicine. And uh, we're doing a lot with thyroid now because it does, uh, after a while, the thyroid starts weakening and you get some problems. Now, uh, 
mind over matter is even more important, but sometimes you need a backup system, and uh, thyroid is one of them. Wow. So I've heard you say before that um, that's like the um, engine to a car, that it has to be running precise. So could anybody just randomly get this medication and start taking it on their own? Sure. I mean, yeah. Yes, and they have to be careful because we yeah. take very we take very small doses of it. Particularly if you take the T3 by itself, which is active immediately, and I used that when I went through some things uh, back a couple of months ago. I take tiny bits at a time, and now we experiment with the T3 and T4. Because many people, particularly women that are higher in estrogen, they actually, uh, the thyroid will back up and actually put them into a coma. Yeah. And they don't tell you that the original tests were done on 20-year-old men. And women weren't even involved. And they're the ones who have the bulk of thyroid cancer and thyroid problems. Ten times more thyroid cancer in women than in males. So we should talk about... How we Hold on, Joe. Well, we should talk about how Joe and others could actually do this on their own if it's so kind of spicy... Now, there's two products that we've received from Mexico, right, Adam? From Mexico. And you could do um, little razor blade, little slivers of it, so you don't get in a jam and check your morning body temperature or some other things, Adam, and kind of see if, if, if it's, you know, helping. But you've got to be careful with it, as Adam said. Yeah, and mm, I'm imprecise. I don't like testing that. and things like that, so I kind of go with what I feel like yeah. more than the temperatures. But that is the scientific way to do it. Do the body temperature. And remember, if it's hot, a corpse is going to be the same temperature. So your temperature test isn't going to work in Texas right now when you're having a heat. You have to be in a relatively cool temperature. So there are other tests, too. One of the best is the thyroid uh, Achilles heel test, where you either lie on your belly on a uh, uh, on a uh, table or prop your knee up a chair, and you just tap the Achilles heel. And the Achilles heel should move dramatically. If it doesn't, you have a thyroid problem. And when I first was still doing tuna fish and mayonnaise and all the junk food and hadn't discovered oranges, we did that tap test on me. It didn't move at all. Vibrant Gal's uh, foot moved uh, okay, but mine didn't. Now it does. <laughs> so whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it right. And I recommend I'm a minimalist. Uh, also, if you feel great, don't even mess with it. But if you have a problem, then consider experimenting with tiny tiny bits uh, we use like sometimes we'll use one of those tiny tablets and it takes us like a week to use it we use such tiny uh, yeah, amounts almost, of it there's another idea oh. joe and everybody else yeah. you can go to dr tom cowan website you know you know cowan right dr cowan cowan dr C- he no. sounds very c-o-w-a-n he's the fellow one of the there is no virus, guys. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, and he has a product that I've known friends that have used to kind of boost up their thyroid. And go on there and find that puppy and try that. Um, it's it's a very very safe. I don't. Lots of people that have taken it. What Adam is talking about is 
something that we can get from Mexico, right, Ann? It's Sinuplus. Mexico. As T3 and T4, which is a much stronger hit, and you got to be careful with. So. Yeah, I don't want to mess with something that's strong because it's probably stronger than me. But I think I'm going to try the Tom uh, Conway oh. because I've been doing the solar timing eating for it'll be either five or six years come October. Oh. And I cannot get, yeah, I mean, faithful, but I do go off with one thing, ice cream. That's my, but nothing else, nothing, nothing. When I say nothing, nothing, people think I'm crazy. But my belly is so bloated, I I cannot get rid of, can, no matter what I do, exercise, walking, uh, uh, my trampoline that I got from Patrick, I bought two of them from you. Hmm. Nothing I can do gets rid of it. Uh, Let me ask Adam, Adam, just off the top of my mind, do you think that Joe is eating something that her body just is not happy with, causes the bloat, or what are some other ideas on bloating? Definitely something the body is not happy with, and also the gas backs up. Now, we need a certain amount of gas because that's the propulsion to make the colon move. Mm-hmm. Without gas, it's not going any place. We need barometric pressure to be different on one end to the other end so that it moves. But many people eat gaseous foods that uh, make all kinds of gas. They have endotoxins. They have different problems like that. And some of the best ways to deal with that, first of all, eat solar, which uh, Joe is already doing. Right. But the other thing is freeform dancing, where you move Mm. in different ways because people who do stringent exercise that requires precision, like Tai Chi, yoga, they're often subject to colon problems and bloating because we need to be loose and make movements we don't uh, usually make. So a Sufi teacher of mine who cured a lot of my problems by simply freeform dancing you would visualize yourself as a kite floating in the air yeah, and every loose breeze crazy, would move yeah. you in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. You would visualize yourself going out to your neck in the ocean and the waves are moving you in various ways. But we tend to do precision exercise. One, two, yeah. one, two. Concentration oh, right, curl. Right. Concentration curl. That doesn't do much. Instead of, how does a child... A child doesn't do concentration curls. Every mother who has right. a child knows... They have a heck of a workout in one half hour trying to duplicate a kid. If you make a child realize that you're duplicating their actions, you are in for the workout of your life. I thought of actually opening a gym and having a kid (laughs) at the center, and then everybody follows what the kid does. Joe, you get the best workout of your life. Joe, I have to tell you that there's sometimes, if if you've probably felt sometimes if you get a little pressure up there, you know, on your upper stomach, and you need to belch, but. it's hard or something like that. You can get on that rebounder that you have, and I do just exactly what what, do. what Adam says. You jump, and I just put my arms and everything, and I just go crazy and just free form. And you'd be surprised. I, In no time, you're just going. Bloop. <laughs> you're just bloop. I do, but I've had this blow for years. But yeah. and I belong to three or four senior centers, and uh, and there's predominantly. Um, uh, uh, Spanish people and yeah. the music. I'm dancing Good for, for hours. I well, mean, I'm. They, they applaud. They're going, oh "My God, how are you doing that?" I mean, like I'm like a kid. That doesn't even work. 
Well, you're probably just eating something that your body doesn't like. And you've got to figure that out. It's something that you're eating that your body doesn't like. And also, yeah, who's the matter? Uh, one of the things I first oh, came across God. is a syndrome called Big Mama Syndrome, where a person was an older sister, and, and they were kind of putting responsibility for the other kids because they were the older sister. And Adonal uh, Lay correctly identified, said, you have Big Mama Syndrome. And she laughed. She said... Uh, uh, she was in charge of the kids, and so you keep that. You know, you don't see skinny guys like me running corporations. You have to throw your weight around. You have to have weight. So many people use it as a protection, just like an animal looks bigger by making its uh, fur go up, uh, and we have reflexes to that to the back of our neck. Well, we feel protected with uh, weight gain, and there's other ways too. I uh, I, I can go into a whole you're right. different syndrome. I think you're so right, Adam. Per- there's you're right. There's five men in my life that I, I just want to get on a, a little airplane and fly away. Oh. oh, there you go. Start working on that, sweetie. We have to move on, but I want to give you a little tip. DrTomCowan.com. Um, the product is called Thyroid Natural. Glandular, and it is from um, range-fed animals, New Zealand and Australia. Um, animal husbandry regulations—they they don't have any junk in there, and it's a kind of a freeze-dried little uh, glandular thyroid. And it's like thirty Thank bucks. You. I would try that and and see if that doesn't raise your body temp and make you feel better. All right, sweetie, thanks a lot. we, we got to go. Thank you. Thank you. I love you two men. I love you. You're the two men that I love. We love you too. Yeah, you gotta love you got to start loving the other guys in your life so your little thing goes away. See you soon. Yes, right, right. <laughs> See, love she loves you, us, but she got to love the guys and the who's the matter with her. Yeah. She's a cool person. She's been a Facebook friend of mine for a long time. Very, very cool. I, re- I kind of remember the name, and she... Uh, that's funny. She, she bought some rebounders from us to them. Boy, I love my rebounder. I use it. I see. I have mine back there. I still can jump on it behind me, and I have one downstairs. I don't do a lot these days. I, but, I used to have four of them. Did you really? And I, I put three of them in the living room because you know how people tend to put things on the side and then they forget about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy. I had them in the living room, so to get from my bedroom to the kitchen, <laughs> I had to make three large jumps. And, of course, you always say, well, since I'm on here anyway, I'll jump for a couple of minutes or so. And that way, I was always jumping. Every time I went to the bathroom, I had to jump across the uh, the, uh, uh, the the rebounders. I, I, I would guess, if I had to guess, that you, been, you've had your body over 80 years, You've probably done probably more crazy, cool, alternative things than anybody that on on the earth plane. I really believe that. I haven't you? You know you have. You know you have. Some of them really <laughs> nutty. I, I advise people, through my experience, do not do a cayenne enema. <laughs> no, let's not do that one. Yeah. I was told by my teacher, Dr. Merrill Roy, who I got my colonic uh, license from. You can do a colonic, uh, you can do a cayenne enema, but use a tiny, tiny bit. Well, when he meant a tiny bit, he meant a tiny bit. I thought a pinch would be okay. Right, right, right. Whoa, like a Bunsen burner in my butt. 
Yeah, yeah so I, I have done some really weird, crazy things. <laughs> I remember when Dr. Jennifer Daniels first started talking about turpentine, and she talked about doing a, a cap of turpentine in a bathtub, you know, and, and smoking in there. So I didn't hear correctly. I did a cup. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. A cup of turpentine in a bathtub, my genitals, the family jewels, <laughs> burned for like a week. Seriously. That's, whew. So you got you to listen carefully before you try stuff. A cap. I, you know, she said do a cap. Well, I do a cap. Oh, oh my God. It's a good idea. I've, <laughs> I, I've done the Clorox baths Have before you? with a half a cup, and it burned, and I, I thought, this is crazy. I'm not going to do it. I was told this what? by Swami Nitty Gritty. Mm -hmm. Years later, I met a man who had a, a, a serious, I, I forget which one you go with. Is the first degree the worst or the third degree? I think it was the third, third degree, degree is the worst. Yeah, third it degree. was the worst. The kind you have to have transplants and everything. It was a flash burn. Wow. I worked for an oil company. He went home and he went in a Clorox bath. And then he used Vaseline to slide his Levi's back on and went back to work. No kidding. And mm. what happened, instead of having all those transplants you usually do, he did that uh, morning, noon, and night. He went home at midday and did the Clorox bath three times and then slipped his jeans back on. And his legs, he showed me his legs. They looked like a teenage, he was in his 50s, and they looked like a teenage uh, boy's legs or even a girl's really? legs. They were so, it, the skin grew back young instead of normal. So that blew my mind because before that I was I still won't go do use a uh, a Clorox bath unless I have a reason to do it, but he was living proof that that type of extreme therapy works. It Amazing. worked for him. And he just did a capful. Capful? No, no, he did he did a cup, the oh, whole cup, I, I just like uh, Donald Lay said to do. And I thought that was crazy because yeah. you, you put a lot of water in the bathtub to do it because if you use a small amount, you are going to get burned. But I was tingling for uh 24 hours afterwards or more right. so i i said this is crazy i'm never going to do this again but you never say never you never know and uh and in a, in a burn i would definitely consider that but otherwise i'm not doing it i'm not doing it. Uh, we're talking with adam bergstrom yes no maybe chronobiotic nutrition is a hard copy that i think you can still get on amazon or you can get it from your do you still sell them on your place? We sell it. Yeah, okay. we sell it. We still have, uh, we're getting low, but we we have enough for probably a couple of years. Solar Plus Timing? we have a rush on it. <laughs> SolarTiming.com has the... SolarTiming.com, yeah. And about 40 or 45 e-books e and journals and newsletters and things like that, videos, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. I got a little turpin, I got a Clorox story, which I think you'll find interesting. I had a food company... I started in 1988. We had a fresh salsa, lots of cilantro, well, lots of cilantro. The shelf life on the salsa was only like seven days max. So you can imagine what that took to bring it to stores and make sure you, you know, it was crazy. But we did it because, you know me, I like to do the best. It's the best, so we're going to do the fresh. And we, we got told that we could soak the... Um, cilantro in a bleach solution for 15 minutes and that would make it last longer in the bottle 
in the, you know, in the jar because we weren't cooking it, right? Interesting. So we, we started doing it, and it did. It, it gave us about two or three shelf life. So I guess it killed whatever stuff is on the cilantro with just plain water. And then I started thinking, oh, my God, Clorox, I mean, that can't be good, right? I mean, so I thought about that, and I started to do some research, and I found some expert on Clorox, and here's what he told me. This is fascinating. He said Clorox is the cleanest bleach you can get. They make it in stainless steel containers. It's just bleach. There's nothing else in there. And I felt good after. Isn't that interesting that, that Swami Nidigiri said use Clorox? He must have known. It is. The only caveat, watch some bleaches, they'll say they add something. To yeah, yeah, yeah. And otherwise, if you get, if it just is plain Clor- Clorox, and that's no, this all is Clorox there, brand. See, it's a brand. Sodium hypochlorite, yeah. I believe. It's clean. It's good stuff. Yeah, Clorox has been around so long, people call it Clorox, just like they call it Band-Aid. But Band-Aid is a brand name. It's a Band-Aid company. It's the Clorox company. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's like a refrigerator. A refri- Frigidaire was a brand. When you're first, baby, that's when they are like, a, um, what was it, IBM, what they call it? Um, what they call when you first made a, a copy? Uh, Xerox. Uh, Xerox? They, remember, remember in the old days, they say, would you Xerox me a copy? That's a brand name. But when you get there, for, or have, we want to have a Coke? It's a brand name. That's the people that are still alive today because there's a great book I had, The Funny uh, 15 Immutable Laws of Marketing. The 15 Immutable Laws of Marketing. You know what the first one is? Be first. Be first. And the first Be company, first they're good. still first today. Hertz, Coke, um, you know. By the way, I know a story behind Coke. Yeah, yeah give us story. Coca-Cola, everybody called it a Coke, and Coke neglected to market the name uh, Coke. They had Coca-Cola. So somebody... Oh, you mean, uh, sorry, not market it, trademark it. Trademark it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but trademark it. They forgot to trademark it. Go ahead. Yeah, they trademark is what I meant. They okay. forgot to trademark it. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, someone inherited a bottling company and they deliberately changed the name sold it as coke yeah coca-cola couldn't do anything and they did it deliberately to sell it to a high price to coca-cola and they did because they they knew they went they bought it yeah they bought it they made a whole bunch of money so coca-cola branded coca-cola but they didn't brand coke that's crazy exactly how could you do that I had a I had a boss at one time when I worked in the clothing industry, uh, was a really sharp businessman. He loved stories like that. He also told me at the World's Fair, someone uh, that they would bid to have the chairs that people sit at at the World's Fair. So he underbid everybody, and they couldn't figure out this guy's not going to make any money. He sold advertising. <laughs> I made a fortune. What do you mean he sold? I don't. I don't know. On the, the on the chairs, like you see at bus stops oh. now, there's a big sign behind it about uh, you know <laughs> IPM or whatever they're advertising. Same thing they do on buses and Volkswagens and things like that. So no one had done that at that time. That's so right. he underbid everybody and then put the advertising and made a fortune. <laughs> So those kind of business tricks are interesting. Uh, And uh, I've had some business friends that uh, did things like that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The branding thing is really fascinating to me. 
especially when you think about it. Hey, do you have a Band-Aid? Can you imagine everybody that said that? That's the, that's the name of the company? I mean, try, try to go against that, you know? <laughs> try to go against that. Whoa. Definitely. And that's the evil J and J, Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. They yeah. are just one yeah. of the worst companies are they ever. Really? They've been sued for Tylenol and uh, everything else before. Oh, are they the ty- yeah. Tylenol dudes, J and J? Oh, ty- Tylenol has been written in Forbes magazine as causing twenty-five percent of all fatal liver deaths in wow. the United States. Really? And in time, they said fifty percent. What was the difference? 50% if you count suicides, but if you count accidental, it's 25%. So 50% of all deaths by fatal liver disease are caused by Tylenol, either 25% by suicide or 25% just taking normal doses. And of course, in the so-called COVID pandemic, guess how many people died from Tylenol? A bunch. Lots. I, I, I was called for a case in El Paso one time where the person uh, went in for a flu into the hospital and came out with, uh, or didn't, get, they kept her because she went into uh, uh, seizures. And she kept having these seizures on an hourly basis, two or three an hour. And so I was called to see her. And right away I said, did they, t- did they tell you to stick your tongue out? She'd been in the hospital for a week. And she said, no, they didn't tell me that. Can can you stick your tongue out? No. Could you before this? Yes. And nobody asked you that. What, what geniuses? Well, I said, did you take any drugs? And she said, absolutely none. They didn't give you any drugs? No. And we think of Tylenol as a non-drug. Right, right. We because don't think, yeah. finally I got out of her. Well, they did give me three 350 uh, milligram Tylenols. I said, you have, ty- you have Tylenol poisoning. And indeed, she went in the hospital another week, had psychiatrists, had heart specialists. It turned out to be Ray's syndrome, Tylenol poisoning. How did and they-, they probably cost $100,000 or more for this woman just because they gave her Tylenol. How can they still sell this stuff? How is it even possible? I don't get it. It, it is amazing. It's been written up. Uh, they have had uh, court suits for infant Tylenol where they have, uh, they have been sued repetitively and they paid off. But they put, what do they call gag orders? Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. say anything. Can't say anything. Uh, and it, it was written... I called in a radio show one time, and the radio announcer wouldn't believe me. I sent him the, the I made a Xerox, there's that word, of the uh, of the article and sent it in to him. It was in the 1990s, 97, Forbes magazine, mm. and it was in time. Now you don't see it. The pharmaceuticals have so much company, uh, so much power. Uh, we live in a medical police state that you can't say things like that anymore. I just did. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, said, speaking of medical, now check this out. This is, I saw this story this morning. In a split decision, a federal appeals court on Friday upheld a controversial pandemic-era law in Connecticut that ended decades-old religious exemptions for vaccinations requirement for kids. So there's this court that just said, yeah, you cannot use a religious exemption to get your kids out of being vaccinated. How can you be on a judge and rule this kind of stuff when you, everywhere in the world, they know that these vaccinations are dangerous? I don't get that. I mean, are we some Orwellian uh, black hole or, or 
We're like, what the hell is going on? My goodness. We are definitely in an Orwellian uh, black hole. And people are divided. Look at Jennifer Aniston now shooting off her big mouth. She won't have any friends who are unvaccinated anymore. She's not going to hang out with anyone who's been unvaccinated. We have to We have to do our part. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a video that the, there are people that want to bring um, co-conspirator charges to all these people that are out that were out there on video, like her, like even Morgan Freeman, who I really like a lot, and all kinds of people just pounding away of how important these vaccines are. But I guess so I guess we shouldn't be too critical. Now Aniston, who knows? But like Morgan Freeman, I'm I'm sure he probably believed that these things were back good, right? Two or three years ago. So we can't throw the baby out Actors the bathroom. Actors are not known for being intelligent. Yeah, that's true. That I, that's true. Look at Robert De Niro. For God's I, sake, I, he I, hangs out with the medical medium. I, people I, like that. I, I, I mean, and, and they've all fallen for these channelers. Do you remember the guy? What was the name with the voice? I am so and so from the planet so and so, and we talked like that. And and the guy in Star Trek was a was a regular devotee of this guy. <laughs> Rompta, yeah. remember yeah. Rompta? Rompta, yeah, Rompta, Rompta, Rompta. <laughs> what a scam that was. <laughs> this is pretty cool. Researchers, director of the Institute of Medical and Scientific Inquiry in New Mexico, who has a doctorate in computer science, performed several analyses on 2019 through 2021 to explore potential relationships between the number of early childhood vaccinations required by developed nations under the age of five, few measures in public health can compare with the impact of vaccines, which are credited to having reduced disease, blah, blah, blah. Yet this study, huge study, found that developed nations requiring more neonatal vaccinations have unintentional consequences that increase childhood mortality, challenging the idea that more vaccines administered always result in fewer deaths. I mean... The science is out there. You want to talk about science. These people check this stuff out, maybe. There's no science that these vaccines are, are good. There's just none. It's just all peace, love, and hippie. They kill people. They, it's been they known kill people. Before COVID, it's been known that they kill. You could find the syndromes they talked about from vaccines in Wikipedia. Now they're all cleansed of that. You can't say that anymore in Wikipedia. Oh, they do have CIA connections and FBI connections. Oh, I know. Some of the stuff you see on Wikipedia is like, okay, really? You know, Wikipedia is one of my most important research tools, and this is how to use it. Every time you want to say how large an almond is, how tall an almond tree is, mm -hmm. great. You Easy. can't find that anyplace else. But as soon as they say how it works, jump ship at that point. Because they don't know, have a clue how things work. But if they say how tall it is, how big it is, what year something happened, great information. But as soon as they explain how, how it works, works, it's garbage. Do they do they ever get um, a good information on uh, who owns these companies? If could you use it for that as well? You know, you can use it because sometimes they put the the uh, like. I found out about Bud Light. People think we won the battle with Bud Light. Yeah. They they have 600 beverages. They have a, at one point they had about 300 beers. They're cutting down on beers because they're getting in, they're in now in co, uh, they're co-company with Microsoft. 
Oh. Bud Light didn't hurt them at all. They made money on it. They're onto circular packaging, and, and they're into environmental uh, surveillance. They're involved in so many other companies, and they're laughing at Kid Rock shooting a beer can. They think we won something by him doing that. So It's ridiculous. How this did company they, is running circles around us yeah. and laughing their butts off. How did they make money on this uh, trans person uh, trashing the sales? I don't understand how they made money on that. Explain that. It's called sh- uh, selling short on one beer. Oh. Meanwhile, oh. are people now still b- uh, buying Corona? And are they not they buying all the other beers in the world? Bud Light, uh, Budweiser is not the only beer out there. So they have over 100 beers. Yeah. And that's not their major industry anymore. They're into packaging, surveillance, working with Microsoft, working with a company called QA or something like that, uh, globally, nationally. They have they have uh, brewers in, uh, I think they have, how many brewing plants in Russia? 29 or something like that? Oh, yeah. They're worldwide. Huge. They're a monster. They're a cartel. I, I they, believe, and they're government-sponsored. I believe they get all kinds of money and tax breaks. I, I believe the main company is InBev, right? InBev? Is that it? InBev is the big one. The big they, one. They're huge. And they, they bought Budweiser years ago. They bought the big ago. company yeah, in South bought. America, and they were bigger already, and then they bought uh, Budweiser completely, lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. So they're a huge Belgium-based company uh, combined with a South American company that bought an American company. And they probably bought the Clydesdales, too. You know, God love the Clydesdales of Budweiser. Yeah. Yes, I remember the Clydesdale. I was raised with that on TV. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm from St. Louis. I was born in St. Louis, so Budweiser was the big ah. beer out of St. Louis. And it was, uh, then they had Bush, and then Bush Stadium, and that was the, that was the, uh, the trademark of the St. Louis Cardinals was Bush, Bush mm. beer. We used to get free beer because we had the uh, Bush Gardens in yeah. the San Fernando Valley. So mm-hmm. we'd go for the tour. You get an hour tour, and it was interesting, and then we get free beer free at beer. the end. That's right. Yeah, all the employees at Budweiser, by the way, get beer breaks. Uh, here's an email from <laughs> Melanie. My brother is losing her hair, and I sent him the podcast you did with Barbara Frank. Wow. Wow, that was a long time ago. And he's interested. I thought if I would ask if you known any people that used her methods with success, and what does Adam think about losing hair? Well, let me first answer that we did not receive any people, this was years ago, that... Uh, said that using her stuff helped her hair grow back. Um, Adam, obviously you haven't found a, a cure. Obviously I haven't found it, but I've seen it. And <laughs> actually if I did the session and had the time to do it, made the time to do it, I might still have hair. One of them is this technique with the fingers, you know, where you uh, go with the thumbs and the fingers and the thumbs and the fingers. You hold the right hand still and you hit the fingernail, and then these fingernails. And you do it at a slow pace, about the pace I'm doing, and it will grow hair. Now, I did it for a short period of time, and I'm not a stick-to-it type person. And he mounted his horse and rode off in all directions. That's my philosophy. But somebody learned that from me, and they told their grandfather about it. And his grandfather had nothing to do. He's watching TV all day. He's retired. He grew his hair back, according to my friend. And then if it doesn't work for male 
pattern baldness. I have a friend. Uh, what was her name? Bowden was her last name. And she was a high school kid. And I showed her the technique because she wanted her female hair to grow and it wouldn't grow below her neck. Well, I come back a year later and she introduces me to her high school friend. Uh, this is the man who grow hair on my head. I said, what? I said, I did that every day and look at my hair. It's down to my butt practically now in a year. Okay. So, <laughs> so show I us that ag- doing it for show a while. Show us that again. that again. Lift your hand up so you get above your name there. You see it? And then show oh. us that again slow. What are you doing? The right, the left hand, I yeah. said the right hand mistakenly before. Left- you hold the left hand steady and you hit the nail almost like you're striking a match. You'll get a slight noise. And then you do the four fingers. A Donald A could balance his fingers. He could do all five at the same time. So you can do it that way. My hand doesn't work that way. I go thumb, fingers. Thumb, fingers. So watch. Thumb, so you're doing this. Fingers. This is my left hand. So you're doing this, and then you do this. Yeah, like like that, sideways, sideways. Yeah. And then you. And and not so not so fast though, because so fast will take the hair off. <laughs> According to a donor, you have to go like yeah. I'd I'd say once every two seconds, like tap, tap, tap tap about that speed and you do it in that direction you do the other direction will take the the hair off because it's life flow you will see some people say to do it this way but uh, don will say on off on off on off is what that what you're doing is now this way and then this way sideways sideways where they're matching and then do you go right to the next finger or do you stay with the thumb for a while yeah just like striking a match right and now here's the one that I have seen a friend of mine actually grow hair. Polysorbate 80 Pickle Preservative. Yeah, you told me about uh, that. It's one of the cheapest things to get, but they started selling it in health food stores uh, thanks to Dirk Pearson and Sandy Shaw. So my friend put that Polysorbate 80 shampoo on his head, left it on longer than he was supposed to. In the instructions, you leave it on five minutes. And I saw him grow his hair back it took him four years he grew a full head of hair back and he kept telling me we worked out together at the gym you got to do this i'm growing hair well at first i didn't say anything then i went out of town came back a few months later he grew a little more hair a little more so over a period of four years i saw him put it uh, all back everything he had Holly, a complete head of hair actual so, shampoo preservative there's actual shampoo adam that's called polysorbate 80 you can buy it now in health food stores. They add niacin. It seems to be an irritant quality. Some mm. people have claimed they've grown hair by taking an acupuncture brush. It's basically like a, a steel brush with little needles, very shallow, and you <laughs> go and you tap your head all over and irritate it, make little holes in your head, basically. And then there was uh, Pablo Arola, who used 100% smear, uh, Smirnoff uh uh, vodka to use on his head it seems to be the irritation and ray pete has told of a story of someone who uh fell in a fireplace and grew a head of hair back from injury mm. so counter shock technique definitely works mm. it's just a little bit extreme to go sticking your head in the fireplace they've had people grow their hair with vodka with vodka 
That's what Pablo Arola claimed he had examples. I haven't seen that. The only one I've actually seen for sure, and he was a good friend of mine because I worked out with him regularly at the gym, and then I kept in contact with him when I managed a health food store in Carpinteria, California. And uh, he grew it back completely, completely. And his was, at that point, I was kind of in between. I had just Mm -hmm. a little hair on the side here, and it was way back. He had the same hair I did, and he grew it all back. Interesting. With with the polysorbate. And he told me, you should have done it. With the polysorbate. With the polysorbate, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, Dirk Pearson and Sandy Shaw, to be fair, they said it only works in about 8% of people. But it will stop it from falling out. Oh, well, that's and good. My own son uh, was kind of worried about losing his hair. Uh, fortunately, I think he has more of my, uh, my wife's genetics. Uh, but... He said it stopped falling mm. out at that point. Uh, so it's good stuff. Polysorbate 80, and it's you'll find it in pickles <laughs> if in you pickles. go to the store. Common polysorbate 80, polysorbate 60, but it's the 80, apparently. That is the one that's most effective. Yeah. Um, I know a fellow way back that used to sell really good noni. Noni, you know, the noni stuff from Hawaii. But he... He, he didn't pasteurize it or anything. It was like the good stuff. And he said that would, people put it on their head and that would uh, grow their hair too. Maybe it's some kind of irritation, like you say, or you know, something. You know, it, it can be nutrients too because a yeah. friend of mine uh, claimed, uh, she went to uh, Europe and met a guy and said, you know why Americans lose their, their head, their scalp is too tight. And you'll feel in the area where there is no hair, it gets really tight. Hmm. Well, he took his hands and pulled his scalp over his eyes so you what? couldn't see his eyes. <laughs> what? And he says, I got plenty of hair. You can't do that. How can you pull your scalp over your he eyes? He did. I, I've, you can actually find a YouTube That's... video of it, but he did it as a demonstration <laughs> for her. <laughs> That's a little. So see, because I was interested in hair growth at that point, and she was no. helping me find uh, ways. And mm. so far, basically, you got to do something, though. You can't just know about it. You have to do you something. Do it. Yeah. And I've been uh, short in that department because I, I see things, I get interested in it, and then something else attracts my attention. And he mounted his horse and rode off in all hey, directions. That's what right. can I say? So do you do you actually shave your head, or is it? Is it just that short all the time? I, I actually cut it with a scissor, so it's not completely shaved. It really, you cut no, it with I, a I used to shave it, and it was such a hassle that I I got one of these scissors you buy in a pharmacy that's uh, that actually has uh, what do you call it? It's used for snipping nose hairs and yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. And I take that little scissor and I go all <laughs> over my hair and cut it. That's funny because I do have some hair left. <laughs> Here's it's just that they, they once said in a pickup book I read, uh, ha- losing hair does not get chicks, but or, or the balding does not get chicks, but bald does get chicks. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, girls think that the bald is more attractive than I've read that too. Than than, than halfway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's when I started shaving my head when I read that book. Yeah, of course. Here's 